0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message.
1: Let me just tell you what a new day represents. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what this life what's been going on for you in this life this last week but a new day means new breakthrough it means greater provision it means greater joy it means greater and greater and greater and i am excited to be able to preach this morning we're going to talk about how to live greater today you may be seated this morning wonderful church uh, we love you so much. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're here in the house and you don't have sermon notes, just raise your hands long enough and the ushers will come and serve you. If you've joined us online, we have sermon notes for you that you can also download there. But thank you so much for joining with us online or in person, everyone. We're so glad that you're here today. Now, my wife and I, this last week, we did something that we've never done before. It's something that we knew would someday come in our lifetime but we didn't know how quickly it was going to reach us and be here. This last week, my wife and I, we drove down to Southern California and we took our daughter Lexi to college, to Vanguard University. and. Uh, Man, it was it was a big deal for us. In fact, I'm a super detail-oriented person. So if you know me Everything pretty much has a time slot. I know when everything's gonna happen I know I knew the day that we would take her I knew what day we were gonna move her in I knew what day we were gonna have dinner with her. I knew when we were gonna say our goodbyes I knew when I was gonna cry. I had all of that in my calendar. I knew when it was gonna happen but right before we left our home, Lexi, we're all getting ready, we're about to set the alarm, and Lexi says, hey, dad, I didn't say bye to, 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 uh, to Teddy, our dog, and so I'm like, okay, well, let's go say bye to Teddy. You know, again, I'm not thinking anything. The cry time is slotted for about 8 30 p.m. on Friday night, and she goes, she grabs our dog, and she grabs Teddy in her arms, and she's saying bye to our dog. She begins crying, and phew, I lost it like our whole family we all begin to cry we all like oh man you know we're saying our goodbyes and it wasn't supposed to happen yet it was supposed to happen on Friday night and finally we get down to Southern California we move her in we have dinner with her we have dinner with all the students in fact and faculty and then we have a communion service we have a candlelight service nights going great and then it comes to the moment where we have to part ways and say goodbye to our beautiful daughter who I brought home 18 years ago in my arm and like felt like I was going to break her arms off by trying to put her in that car seat. And so we're all sitting there at night. We just got done praying for her. And we're all standing in a circle, but none of us want to go in for the hug yet. All of us, I think, are just thinking that if we don't go in for the hug, we don't say goodbye, then this moment is just going to continue to last forever, and we'll never have to say goodbye. We'll just stand there for all of eternity. But that is, of course, is just not the case. And so I kind of broke the silence, and I said, I'm going last. I'm not going first. I'm going last. So then everyone in our family starts saying goodbye to Lexi, and all of us are crying. We're all like... When I'm saying crying, I mean like crying, crying. I I had the, it was my turn to go and give her the hug goodbye, and as soon as I put my arms around my baby girl, tears start just streaming down my face. Man, snot running down my nose, snot running onto my shirt. It looked like a snail was having a field day on my shirt. I mean, I'm crying, like crying, crying. And then we say our final goodbyes, and I grab my wife's hand. We're walking back to the car. We're doing a walk of shame, you know, and we're trying to stay strong so that our daughter just thinks like, oh, they'll, they'll be okay. And we get in a car, and the whole family, ah, <laughs> never going to see her again. and You know, like, I mean, of course we're going to see her again, but we're just all crying and crying in the car, and life just does not prepare you quite yet for those types of moments. You know that those moments are going to happen, but man, the ups and the downs and the emotions that you deal with are just absolutely difficult. It's, someone this morning said, hey, what does it feel like? I said, all right, it feels like this. It feels like someone reached down your throat, grabbed your heart, stepped on it, and then went to put it back in, only they didn't put it all the way back down. They left it like right here, and so, like I could cry at any point right now. Like if I see something, I, like like it's just right there. You know what I'm talking about? Like like the the emotions, and it's although it's super difficult to deal with all the emotions and. The different thoughts about that, we know it's important for our daughter to get started in this new chapter and this new story in her life so that she can begin to live greater. Because we know that four years from now, she's going to get a diploma that will allow her to uh, open up doors that no man can open, that only open up doors that God can open up. And we know that that will help her get started with living greater. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I've titled the message, Get Started living greater. And we're going to take a a story out of the book of Genesis. We're going to look at the life of Joseph. We're going to learn some qualities that he had that helped him to get started living greater. What did he do to live greater? What did he do to chase after the dreams that God had put in his life? We're going to learn some, some of those qualities. So let me pray over our time together this morning. God, we love you so much, and we give you great praise. God, I've planned, prepared, and God, I've sought after you. And, Lord, now I just pray that you would add the anointing that comes with the preaching of the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, we pray that you would anoint our time together, anoint our ears, that we can hear your voice so clearly that we would know your voice. In Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud. Amen. 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 Well, my wife and I, we really enjoy traveling. Uh, We love going all over the world. We don't like traveling to Southern California to drop off our daughter to feel like we're never going to see her again. We don't like that type of travel. But we like traveling and going on vacation. I love going to new places I've never been before. I like going to places that are even like 14, 15 uh, hours away. I'm the type of guy that I don't mind the TSA. I don't mind taking off my shoes. I don't mind going through the entire process. In fact, I really enjoy the whole airplane experience. I could fall asleep on the airplane. I think the food is good. Like, I like the whole experience about being in an airplane going to a new navigation traveling somewhere far and of course there are times where because of the distance or just because we want to get a cheaper flight there are times where we're going to have to take a connection flight and so this isn't really a problem unless your originating flight, wherever your wherever that city is, wherever it starts from, it's not a problem to take a a connection flight unless that originating flight takes off too late and there's a delay, and now you feel the pressure when you land in the new city because you know you've got to make it to your connection flight, but you left so long, so you left so late that now you feel like you're going to miss your connection flight, and to make things even worse, you realize that you landed at gate A1, but your connection flight is at gate Z99. How many of you have been there before? And you only have 2.3 minutes to make it from gate A1 to gate Z99. How many of you know? I mean, that's a bad, bad place to be. There have been times where I found myself in those places, and I'm left with a choice of three different things. I have three options. We're left with option number one, to miss our connection flight and possibly just miss out on the vacation. You have option number two, which is call for one of those golf cart things where you sit down, and it goes, and everyone in the entire airport looks at you like, why in the, that person could walk? Why are they taking, you know, I mean, get judged and all that. Or option number three is you could run like you've never ran before. And guess which option I choose? I run, baby. I turn into Hussein Bolt. I put on my Nikes. I start running and run like I've never run before. I run and I run. This has actually happened to me where I I get into a connection city. I only have a couple minutes to make it to the flight, and I start running and running and running. And off in the distance when I'm running, I'll see something that catches my attention. I'll see something that represents the presence of the Lord all up in my life. It's something that represents the goodness of God. It represents that if God is for me, then who could be against me? It's something that represents a miracle-working power of Jesus Christ. Christ in my life. It represents blessings. I'll look off into the distance and I'll see one of those moving walkways. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You ever see one of these before? Woo! Boy, when I'm in a rush and I see one of those moving walkways, I get super excited because it represents getting from point A to point B, and it'll expedite your process. It'll be, it'll be done a lot quicker. It'll make you feel like you can get from this gate to that gate in less than 2.3 minutes, and so you can get to exactly where you want to get. But the problem that I have with the moving walkway, the frustration I have with the Moving walkway are the people standing on the moving walkway that aren't? <laughs> They're not moving. Listen. If you have never, sir, miss, if you're in this auditorium, you've joined us online, and you don't know how to use the moving walkway, maybe it's because you've never read the instruction manual. I get it. Hey, I've been here before. I didn't read the instruction manual. I didn't know how to use something. Listen, all you got to do is do what the name says. It's a moving walkway. All you got to do is move when you're on the moving walkway. And my frustration isn't that people are just standing. My frustration is that, because really, if people were standing anywhere else in the entire airport, I wouldn't be frustrated. But I think, I think the reason why I have so much frustration is because people are standing on the walkway. Now, I wanted to show you something. This actually happened to me. We were trying to catch a connection flight, and because people were not moving in front of us, I got kind of frustrated, and I turned to my wife. I was like, look at these people. Look. And she had, she had her camera out. She already knew I, I was going to be frustrated. She, she had her camera out. She snapshot the camera picture just for, because just you probably knew I was going to use this today. That's why you did that. You wanted to rat me out. But I got, I, I get so frustrated in, about this situation because people have brought stagnation and stillness to a mechanism that was were made for movement. And I wonder how many of us are here today and we're frustrated in life because we have brought stagnation and stillness to an area in our life that wasn't made for stillness or stagnation. It was meant for movement. And I wonder how many of us are so frustrated because of this fact. God has not created us to stay still. God has created us to take new territory, to reach higher, to reach deeper, to go further, to continue to take steps of faith towards the dreams that God has for our life. He's created us for movement, which is why Psalm 37 and verse 23 says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. It doesn't say that the stagnation of the righteous, it doesn't say that the, the stillness of the righteous, it says the steps, in other words, the movement of the righteous are ordered by the Lord because God has created us for movement to go from glory to glory. And in this COVID era, this COVID era has taught us to just not continue to chase after our dreams. This COVID moment has taught us to stop progressing, to stop moving forward, to settle for an average life. But God has not created you to live an average life. He's created you to live greater. Come on, somebody say greater. God's created you to live a greater life. To go from glory to glory. Jesus says in John 14 and verse 20, He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Somebody say, Greater things. Greater things because I am going to the Father. Well, if this is true, then why aren't every single one of us getting started with living greater? Most likely it's because of certain roadblocks that are in our life that we may or may not even see. And so this morning I want to start out this sermon by giving you four key roadblocks that stop us from living greater. Four roadblocks that stop us from living greater. The first one is crazy, the craziness of life. Now I have driven to my home... Enough times, probably thousands of times, enough times where I don't have to put in my navigation anymore or into my phone or to give me directions to get to my house. In fact, I only live about maybe a mile away, three quarters of a mile from here. I live right behind Burger King and, and, um, and Pizza Bell right in that area. So I live super close. There have been times where I'm driving from here to get back home, and because of the craziness of life, I'm thinking about all the things I have to get done that week. And so I begin driving and I'm, I'm allowing myself to just think about all of those different things, and then all, all of a sudden, I'm driving, and I kind of snap out of it, and I, I look around. And I'm like, how in the world did I get to Arden Fair Mall? Like, what in the, like, have you ever done that before where you've been driving, and you're like, how in the world did I get here? And what I failed to do is I failed to turn into my court. I, I missed the turn that would get me right there to my house, and so many of us Are driving down the road of life and we miss the turn of greatness that God has for us because of the busyness of life because of the pain that we've experienced because of all the things that we have to get done because of the craziness of life the second roadblock is disconnected living disconnected living there are some people that don't see that what they are currently doing is actually a roadblock to keep them from where they want to go These people have great desires for more. They have a desire to live greater, but they can't quite put their finger on what it is that they're currently doing that's keeping them from greatness. I call this disconnected living because they don't see that their attitude is a roadblock. They don't see that the, the choices and friends are a roadblock. They don't see that the way they treat people are a roadblock. They don't see that their time, the way they spend their time is a roadblock. They don't see that their choices and friendships are a roadblock to get them to live greater. And let me just tell you this. If you, if you, if you hang around with ducks, you're going to quack. But if you hang around with eagles, you're going to soar. And if you're not soaring today in life, it might be because of the friendships that you surround yourself with. The third roadblock is bad habits. There are some people here today that know that they have some bad habits. In fact, some of you, you want to change that about your life. You just don't know how. Others of you want to change other areas of your life except for that bad habit. And these bad habits might be things like your thinking. It might be bitterness. It might be fear. It might be addiction. It might be gossip. And I say gossip because in the church, we are so good at gossip because we know how to disguise gossip in the form of a prayer request, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Hey, Joe, why, why don't you come over here? And hey, Sergio, you know what? Why don't you come over here, man? We got to pray for Joe because he got his girl pregnant. And you know, I mean, you know, like we're so good at gossip and we fail to realize that if we continue to gossip, we fail to realize if we continue to have fear, we have all these other things, it's going to be a roadblock to living greater. The fourth roadblock is procrastination. Ooh, this is a big one. One of the greatest things. And one of the most difficult things about living greater is getting started. Come on, somebody say, get started. Get started. At some point, we have to go from talking the talk to walking the walk. We have to go from from planning to pursuing, from contemplating to chasing. Somebody say the word someday. Someday is the disease that will rob you from your dreams and you'll take to the grave with you. Someday. Well, someday I'll go ahead and get started with. Someday I'll go ahead and get my education and go back to Someday I'll go ahead and and make a commitment to the girl that I've been with for two years. Someday I'll go ahead and dream for great. Someday I'll go ahead. Someday never comes. Stop procrastinating. Stop waiting. Start today and do something that God has put in your heart. It's key to living greater. And I want to give you, I want to spend the rest of our time here, the remainder of our time, giving you three areas to get started living greater. Three areas to get started living greater. I didn't just want to give you all the negative stuff about why we don't live greater, I want to give you some practical tools on how to begin living greater. The first one is this, get started dreaming. Let's look at the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 5. It says, Joseph had a dream. Now, I want to park here for just a moment because these four words are absolutely crucial and vital to helping us to live greater. Joseph had a dream a dream. Now Joseph didn't just have any kind of dream. Joseph had a dream from God for his life. And I want you to know that God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for your marriage. God has a dream for your future marriage. God has a dream for your singleness. God has a dream for your children. God has a dream for your future children. God has a dream for your job. God has a dream for your healing. God has a dream for your health. God has a dream for your future. God has a dream for your career. God has a dream for you. He's created you with a purpose and for a purpose. And it all begins with a dream. I remember when before I felt called to ministry, I was a, uh, a cosmetologist. I worked in a salon. I used to do people's hair. I used to cut their hair. I used to do highlights, perms. I used to do it all. And some of you guys are looking at me like, Pastor Gary. <laughs> don't quit lying, Pastor Gary. You don't even got hair. Hey, listen, I used to have hair back in the day. I used to have a nice head of hair. Hey, Jordan, stand up for a second. I used to have nicer hair than my son Jordan. Look at this. Hey, let's do a zoom in real quick. Do a zoom in. Imagine his face with this hair. Imagine, here, let's do, let's do this right here. Let's do this. That, that's what I used to look like right there. We didn't have that plan, son, so good job, good job. Hey, I used to have a nice head of hair, man. I used to have, you guys are still not believing me. Listen, this is my story. Let me get back to my story, and just because I don't have hair today does not mean I was not a good hairstylist back in the day, all right? I was a good hairstylist, so I had a lot of people coming into the salon. I would do their hair. They would sit down in my chair, and I would take every opportunity. I'd just gotten saved like six months before that, and I would take every opportunity of telling people about Jesus. I just couldn't help myself but to tell people what God was doing in my life. I just couldn't help myself to tell them about what God, how God was moving in my life, and I would tell every single client that would sit in my chair— I would let them know about the goodness of Jesus, what God was doing in my life. And my secular boss one day, she came up to me and said, hey, Gary, so like you're you really like this whole church thing. And I said, yes, I do. I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And she said, so like like the whole prayer and reading your Bible thing, like like do you do that? I said, yeah, it's called having a relationship with Jesus. And I talked to her about that. And my secular boss prophesied something over my life that I had never even considered. She said, wow, like you love God that much. Like maybe you're going to be a pastor someday. Like I could see you being in ministry and being a pastor. And, And my secular boss prophesied that over my life. And here's what began to happen. I began to have dreams. I began to have visions. I began to see myself in full-time ministry. I began to see myself as a pastor. I began to see myself preaching from this pulpit. Never even contemplated that before, but now I was having dreams. I was having dreams that people would come to Christ as a result of the way that I would live my life. I began to have dreams of helping people in their darkest times. I began having dreams, and I'm in ministry today because God put a dream in my heart that I chase after. That's the only reason why I'm ministry today because God placed a dream in my heart and it all starts with a dream. So many of us are just surviving in life, but if we'll grab a hold of God's destiny for our life, if we'll grab a hold of the dream that God had for our life, then it will not only begin to survive, but we'll begin to thrive. How many of you want to thrive today? So many of us forgot about the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. So many of us have stopped dreaming. When did we stop dreaming for greater Remember when you were younger and people would ask you, What do you want to do? What do, you, what, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you would say, I want to be an astronaut and travel the entire universe. remember that? You used to say things like, Well, I want to be a baseball player and break every single home run record ever in the history of mankind. You people would ask you, What do you want to be? And you would say, I want to be a doctor and cure diseases. What diseases? Every disease. I want to cure all the you were so ambitious. You had dreams, but somewhere along the road, we stopped dreaming. And if we want to begin living greater, we have to grab a hold of the dream that God has for our life. Joseph had a dream, and it helped him to live greater. It all starts with a dream. Come on, someone say, it starts with a dream. you got to have a dream. Number two, the second area to get started living greater is get started taking steps of faith. Get started taking steps of faith. Taking steps of faith means that we're going to do something, that we're going to begin moving, that we'll begin getting started if we want to live greater. I love this verse. It's in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. We just read the first four words of it, but let's go back to that same verse and read on. It says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Joseph had a dream for his life, that someday he would become a great ruler, that someday he would be placed in such high authority that he would even rule over his own family. Now granted, it probably wasn't the smartest thing for him to tell his family that he was going to rule over them, right? (laughs) Could you imagine your youngest sibling coming to you and saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to be so great that I'm going to rule over you. And uh, like they got upset at him. But here's what I love about Joseph. He did something. He began getting started with moving forward. He began taking steps of faith. He got started with the dream that God had placed in his heart. And if you're unfamiliar with this story... Let me just bring it into full fold here for you. His brother sold him into slavery, and because of that, he was taken to a foreign land. He was taken to Egypt, where he found himself working in Potiphar's house. And even in the foreign land, he continued to take steps of faith, taking steps towards the dreams that God had placed in his heart. Notice what happens in Genesis 39, starting at verse 3. It says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Now I want you to notice something that the Lord didn't just give him success in his dreams. The Lord gave him success in everything he did, not just in what he dreamed. He was continued to take steps of faith. Verse 4. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became the attendant and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Joseph was 17 years old when he had this dream about him becoming a powerful ruler. And now he finds himself working in Potiphar's house in a foreign land. But he continued to take steps of faith towards, he dream, towards his dream. He started working in Potiphar's house. It wasn't where he wanted to be yet, but he was continuing to be faithful right where he was. And so many of us don't want to get started with serving. So many of us don't want to continue to lead. So many of us don't want to get started with taking steps of faith until we get to the place where we want to be. But it's being faithful in this place where we're going to find ourselves being in a place that we want to be. Come on, someone say amen. And now... Joseph, he's still not in the place where he wants to be a ruler. He's still not in the place where he wants to be. But what his brothers failed to realize is that the destruction they meant for his life actually turned into propelling him towards his destiny. And there are so many people here today that people are coming against you. You're continuing to take steps of faith. Your family's going against you. People at work are coming against you. Maybe your friends are coming against you. But what they fail to realize is that what they meant for your destruction will actually propel you towards your destiny. How many of you want to get towards your destiny and go towards your dreams? So here's Joseph, and he's being faithful in Potiphar's house. And then something crazy happens with Potiphar's wife. Now, I've been reading out of the NIV, but I want to read this next portion of Scripture out of the GIV, Gary's International Version, all right? So here is Joseph. He's in Potiphar's house. He's being faithful. He's taking steps of faith. He has his dream from God, and he's still being faithful. And then Potiphar comes along, and she's like, hey, Joseph. <laughs> hey, guys, you know, you know what that sounds like, right? When your wives are like, hey, Hey, hey. All right, so let me move on. Okay, so... So, so Potiphar's wife is like, hey, Joseph, you look so good. I mean, you got those those cool Nikes on, and you got those nice, you know, those nice pants. And what are those, true religion pants? I mean, those are so nice. And, man, you got some nice clothes on. Is that Versace shirt? What is that? And, and so she's liking the way that Joseph looks. She likes his leadership. She likes his personality. So she says, hey, my husband's not here. Why don't we go out on a date, and let's just pursue what might happen. And so because Joseph wants to be faithful with the Lord, he turns her down and doesn't give in into that he turns her down and she gets so upset with Joseph that she begins to to tell her husband lies and she accuses Joseph of rape she chooses Joseph of trying to come on to her and and so Potiphar he throws Joseph in prison for a crime he did not commit and now he's in prison for some time all right and he continues to be faithful even in that type of circumstance I want you to see what happens in this moment it's found in Genesis chapter 39, starting at verse 22. It says, so when the warden put jo- so then the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in a prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. Now, notice how he, Joseph continued to take steps of faith. He continued to be faithful right where he was, and as a result, the, the warden even noticed God's hand that was on his life. Then it goes on to say in verse 23, the warden paid no no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Notice again, the Lord gave him success in everything he did, not just in what he dreamed, but in what he did. He continued to take steps of faith towards the dreams that God has called him to do. Now he did something. He moved forward. He continued to take steps of faith, even in the face of adversity. And even while the situation was not ideal, he continued to get started with taking steps of faith. And if we want to see our dreams come to pass, we're going to also have to take steps of faith and get started right where we are. And this is what I did when I started feeling a call to ministry. I quit my my job. I stopped being a hairstylist. And I enrolled myself in college. And I was going to college. And then right at that time, about a couple weeks after I started college, one of the pastors here on staff, he gave me a call. And he said, hey, Gary we would love for you to be an intern. We're gonna open up an intern position. We need some some more help around here in ministry. And if you would like, we have a ministry opportunity for you. Would you like to be an intern? And and of course, I said, yes, this was gonna get me closer to my dream. And so I took a step of faith and I said, yes. I could have just said, well, this whole, you know, this whole college thing is super hard. I'm not gonna have time to just donate my time and to maybe be used by a lot of other stuff to do other things, but I have to just do college. No, I said yes, because I wanted to continue to take steps of faith. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a call from the same person. and He said, hey, Gary, I have a very, very important job. I, I can't just give this to anyone. It's one of the most important jobs around here. I, I, I got to ask you to do something. Uh, would you meet me tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. And I was thinking, man, he's going to have me preach this weekend. I'm going to be able to teach a class. Like, I'm going to be able to do something great, something that's going to help propel me towards my destiny. I came in that next day, and the pastor met with me. He said, hey, um, here's what I want you to do. In fact, we came in, we walked into this room, and he said, hey, I want you to look around. He said, there's hundreds of chairs in here. What I need you to do is stuff the backs of the chairs with all the tithe envelopes and the welcome cards. And I thought, what? And, you know, like, this isn't adversity. This isn't what God has called me to do. No, I didn't say that, but I, I thought it. I thought it, but what I failed to realize was that it was in those moments that people in leadership were going to watch how would I handle even the smallest tasks and smallest responsibilities because if I couldn't be trusted with the small things how could they trust me with much more and so I became faithful right where I was I did what seemed to be a small task but ultimately that helped me to get greater and here's why because then later on um our our, our founding pastor he called me up and he said hey hey Gary I see I see God's calling upon your life I want to hire you to, to be in full-time ministry here at the church would you want to be a pastor here? And this happened a week before we got married. I was getting married, did not know what the future held. I didn't know how I would be able to provide income for her, but I took a step of faith, every single step, and then now I was being hired on as a pastor, one of my dreams coming true. And then some time goes by, and then Pastor Perry was brought on to be our lead pastor. And then after some time, Pastor Perry called me one day, and he says, hey Gary, I see some giftings in your life. I'd like to ask you to begin doing the welcomes on Sunday morning. How many of you remember when that first started and I started doing the welcomes on Sunday morning? And it was in those moments when I learned how to take a thought and to articulate it to a group of people. It was in those moments when I learned how to capture the attention of the people that I was talking to. It was in those moments how I learned how to bring in humor or seriousness. It was in those moments when I learned how to talk to a group of people. And then some time goes by, and then one day I get the phone call. Pastor Perry says, hey, I want you to preach on a Sunday morning. And then I got to preach from this pulpit. And now another one of my dreams was coming true because I was continuing to take steps of faith. And people that continue to take steps of faith are people that will live greater. I saw my dream become a reality because I continued to take steps of faith the entire way. And so many people here today are continuing to take steps of faith, but some of us aren't. Some of us are saying, well, Pastor Gary, you just don't understand the people that are coming against me. That's okay. Joseph did. Take a step of faith. Well, Pastor Gary, you don't understand my boss, how he is at work. Take a step of faith. Pastor Gary, you don't understand I'm hit with this, with this health issue. Pastor Gary, I don't have the resources to do it. Take a step of faith. Pastor Gary, you don't understand where my finances are at. Take a step of faith. Pastor Gary, you just don't understand. God has given me this dream. I just don't have all the giftings to do it. Take a step of faith. People that take a step of faith are people that will make it through the adversities and get to their destination and to their destiny. Number three, the third area to get started living greater is get started living a humble life. Get started living a humble life. This one is super easy to miss. watch this. Joseph achieved his dream because he took the humble approach. He lived to give, not just to get. Winston Churchill said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Humble people are giving people, and Joseph made a life by living generously. And let me connect the dots for you if you're just uncertain on how Joseph began to get started with living greater. After he's thrown in prison and he's continuing to be faithful, God blesses everything that he does. And as a result, he's given more and more responsibility and more and more authority, kind of like putting the, the, the stuff in the backs of the chairs. may seem like a small task, but it's huge in the kingdom and so he continues to be faithful so much so he's given more and more responsibility more and more authority and he finds himself reaching the ladder of authority so high in the prison that he's actually second only to the warden in prison and while joseph is in prison he meets two guys he meets the chief cupbearer and the chief baker of, of pharaoh and so pharaoh uh he, these two guys are working for pharaoh pharaoh gets upset with them and so pharaoh sends them to prison while these guys are in prison joseph meets them and joseph again continuing to be faithful in the prison he hears that these guys have a dream and they don't understand what the dream is all about it's tormenting them and so joseph hears that they have a dream he goes up to them and instead of you know he could have just said you know what guys like I'm super busy. Like I I'm a pretty big deal around here. Like everything that you see is because of me. Like I everything good in your life right now is because of me. I did that. I I've done everything. I I I. He could have said, "You know what? I don't have time to listen to your cute little dreams. I've got a lot more important things to do." But he doesn't do that. He gives generously his time. He puts other people's needs in front of his own needs, and he lives a humble life. And as a result, he listens to their dream, and he interprets the cupbearer's dream, and he says, here's what's going to happen. In three days, you're going to be restored back to the palace, back to Pharaoh. You're going to become the chief cupbearer again. And then three days actually goes by, and after three days, that cupbearer is, is restored. But as Joseph was interpreting the dream, as soon as he gets done interpreting the dream, he said, hey, but here's what I want you to do. Would you do me a favor and just remember me? Would you remember that I'm here in prison? Would you tell the Pharaoh that I've been wrongly accused of a crime and I'm serving out this prison sentence that I did not do? And the guy says, yes. The chief cupbearer says, yeah, I'll remember you. But, well, guess what happens? He goes back to the palace and he forgets about Joseph. And so now two years goes by. And Pharaoh has a dream. And he calls everyone that he knows to come and try to interpret this dream, but nobody can interpret this dream. Meanwhile, Joseph is still in the prison. He's been there for two extra years when he thought, well, here's my chance of getting out. And he's continuing to be faithful right where he was. And so now the chief cutbearer says, you know what, Pharaoh, I remember this guy in prison. His name is Joseph. If you call him over here, here's what will happen. He'll be able to interpret your dream, and you'll know. I mean, this dream that's bringing you turmoil right now, he'll be able to decipher what it is that God's trying to tell you and so that's what Pharaoh does. Pharaoh calls for Joseph, and Joseph comes over, and he he could have done a number of different things. Like, if it were me in prison, and I was in prison for two years or more than I already was there, I would have gone to that meeting with Pharaoh, and I would have said, hey, Pharaoh, before we get started, before I interpret your dream, here's what we, here's what I need to tell you. I got together with my lawyers today, and um, here's what this says. It says that you will promise to get me out of prison for a crime I did not commit, by the way, and that you, I'll, I'll interpret your dream. I'll know exactly what needs Needs to happen, but I need you to go ahead and initial here, initial here, initial here, sign here, and date right here, and only after that will I go ahead and interpret your dream, but joseph doesn 't do that. he puts someone else 's needs in front of his own, he gives generously his time, he listens to the dream, he interprets the dream, and it helps Pharaoh become a great king and a great Pharaoh and then here 's what happens. I love this part of the verse it 's found in genesis chapter forty one verse thirty eight through through forty one it says So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? And by the way, this is just a side note. When you have the Spirit of God that lives inside of you and you live faithfully, you have a dream, you continue to take steps of faith, then God will place people along your path that have the authority to place you in the places that you want to be. God will put those people in your path that will help you to get to the dreams that God has placed in your life. And then verse 39, it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Verse 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the Whole land of Egypt and began and here's what began to happen Joseph continued to be faithful right where he was because he lived a humble life because he put someone else's needs in front of his own because he chose to live the humble life God began to elevate Joseph from 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 Desti- from, destiny, from destruction to destiny, from amateur to authority, from rags to riches, from poor to prosperous, and from the prison to the palace. Come on, somebody give the Lord a great amen right there. And one of, one of the most amazing things about this story is that so many of us would have just settled for freedom. But when you're faithful right where you are, God won't just give you what you want. God will give you your dream. The dreams that God has placed in your heart, God will absolutely give you those things if you live humbly, if you put other people's needs before your own, if you listen to other people and you do your best to help them out generously. It's living the generous life. And if we want to live greater, we're going to have to live a humble life. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, God resists the proud, but gives mercy to the humble, You know, if you want to stop God's plan in your life, then just be a proud person. Say, I got this. I'm doing this because of me. But if you want God's presence, if you want to reach your goals and your dreams that God has placed in your life, live a humble life. Because it says it will give you mercy. He gives mercy to the humble. Mercy to take new territory. Mercy to reach higher. Mercy to go deeper. Mercy to go further. Mercy to give you the steps needed to reach after your goals and your dreams. And if you're able to do this with me today, would all of you just stand up with me this morning as we just begin to have a time of worship. You might be here this morning and maybe God, you're wondering, God, what is your dream for my life? If you're here today, maybe you don't even know what God's dream is for your life. We're going to enter into a time of worship, and I just want you to begin to cry out to the Lord and begin to worship and ask the Lord, God, what is it that you have for my life? What dreams do you have for my life? There may be others of you in this place that maybe you had a dream for your life before, and because of circumstances, because of the busyness of life and all the other roadblocks that we talked about, you've lost sight and lost hope of your dream if that's you this morning I want you to grab hold of that dream I want you to ask the Lord what's the next step of faith I can take to continue to go towards my dream and then lastly maybe you're here this morning you have a dream you're taking steps of faith towards your dreams but because you have not been living humbly you have not been seeing that come to be and so this morning I want you to ask the Lord is there something in my life that is prohibiting me is there something in my life that has brought stillness and stagnation in my life but, God, you have made me to prosper. You have made me to go forward. You have made me to move. You've made me to get territory. You've made me to achieve my dreams. If that's you here this morning, I need you to ask the Lord, God, what is it? What roadblock do I have in my life that is keeping me from my dream? Come on, let's begin to worship this morning. Come on, worship your dream maker right now. God, we love you. God, Oh, I know, cause I know, breakthrough
0: is coming by faith I see a miracle my God made me a promise and it won't stop now
1: Right now. God, we thank you for the dream. God, we're going to dream again. We're going to hope again. God, we're going to have faith again. God, we know that you are the dream maker. You're the dream giver. You're going to help us to reach our goals, our visions, our dreams, the things that you called us to do. God, we may have some adversities going on in our life, but we're going to continue to press in because, God, we know that there's breakthrough on the other side. God, God, what people meant for destruction, you're going to bring about for our destiny. Lord, if you are for us, who could be against us? God, I pray that you would help us to see our dreams achieved and our goals brought through. God, it's not by chance. It's not by coincidence, but God, we are here today to learn how to chase after those dreams that you've placed in our hearts. God, would you help us in our time of need today? God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for allowing us to come into this service, experience your presence. And God, thank you that you're speaking to our hearts today. Thank you that you are the dream giver, the dream maker in Jesus' name. And everybody said aloud, amen. Listen, if you got something out of this message, you just let the the Lord know this morning by giving a great clap of praise this morning. I believe that some of you are going to begin to dream again. You're going to begin having visions again. Not only are you going to have dreams and visions, but you're going to begin to take steps of faith in a humble way that are going to see those things come to pass. Others of you, you may be here this morning and you don't. You, you don't have a dream for your life because a prerequisite to having a dream for your life, to know what God's dream is for your life, is to actually come in relationship with Jesus. And so in just a moment from now, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me. And know that this prayer, if you believe this prayer in your heart, that you're just a prayer away from salvation. You're just a prayer away from God coming into your life and help you to get started with living greater. It's not the prayer alone that saves you, but it's believing it in your heart that actually does the saving. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, "If you believe." in your heart that Jesus raised God from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you will be saved, it doesn't say you might be saved, or you know what, you better get rid of all those bad habits first, no, the Bible says you will be saved, and so this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray that prayer, some of you are joining us online, and some of you also need to pray this prayer, I want you to pray this prayer out loud, it may seem awkward, it may, because you're in your living room, or maybe in your bed right now watching online on the ipad wherever you are but i want you to also pray this prayer out loud if you need salvation others of you have prayed that prayer before but because of the busyness of life and because of all the different roadblocks you haven't been living the life that god has intended for you You have not been living greater. And if that's you, I want you to rededicate your life today. If you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord, you want to live for Jesus, here's what you need to do. Just pray this prayer and pray it from your heart. If that's you here this morning, I want you to pray this prayer. And Harvest Church, I want you to also pray with all these that are just about to get saved here in just a moment. This is a great time of salvation. So if that's you, everyone, I want you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes and bow your heads and pray this prayer out loud. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I have not been living for you. I have been sinning in my life, and as a result, it's taking me further away from you. But I came to this church today, and I feel closer to you. I know you're alive, and I know your spirit is here. So right now, I want you to come into my life. I believe on you, I accept you, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Move in my life in such a way that I will begin to live greater from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And everybody said aloud, Amen. Now let me just tell you what just took place. We're gonna have a, a chance right now in just a moment to applaud. But here's what just took place in Luke chapter 15 and verse 10. The Bible says that even when just one person comes to know Jesus, that all of heaven erupts in praise. And in just a moment from now, I'm gonna count to three. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, what you're gonna do is you're gonna raise your hand up high. You're not gonna be embarrassed, you're not gonna be ashamed, but you're gonna raise your hands because Jesus died a public death for you. He wasn't ashamed, and he wants you to not also be ashamed of him. And so what I'm gonna do here in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. If you pray that prayer, you're gonna lift your hands all across this auditorium. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hands all across this auditorium if you pray that prayer. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hand over there. I see your hand. 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 Come on, now give the Lord great praise, everyone. All of heaven is erupting in praise today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for visiting us today. God, there's so many people that have been touched by by you today, not by me, not by the eloquence or lack of eloquence of words, but God, because your spirit drew them here today. God, we thank you for touching our hearts and visiting us in Jesus' name. And everybody said aloud, amen. Now, before you leave today, I want to speak a prayer of blessing over your life. It's found out of, uh, out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. It's a priestly prayer that the priest would pray over his congregation, and it goes like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And that is my prayer for all of you here today, is that as we reach for God's dreams for our lives, and as we continue to strive for the things that God wants for us, that you will have peace even in the middle of adversities, even when it's not convenient to continue to chase after your dreams, but that God will give you peace even in the middle of that adversity. We love you so much, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here, for being obedient with church attendance, and continuing to make church attendance it's a priority God bless you we love you so much go with God have peace this week God bless you
0: thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast we pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead for more videos messages and other content make sure you follow like and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at GoHarvestEG and be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services until next time Stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.